Remember when the ice cream man used to come to town when you was little? And no matter what you was doing, you would stop and lose your mind? Ice cream! Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Robert Smith. Today is April 27th. And that was Eddie Murphy, you heard at the top of the show. Today on the program, we go on an epic journey. It's a quest filled with trials and tribulations, a hunt for one of the most valuable commodities on Earth, a parking place in New York City. We will be riding shotgun in a food truck, in this case, a sleek van peddling Asian dumplings to the starving office workers of Manhattan. And finding the perfect parking space means the difference between fortune and ruin for a truck like this. But first, Zoe, will you do us the honor of a Planet Money indicator? Today's Planet Money indicator, it's 2.2, as in 2.2%. The economy grew by a measly 2.2% last quarter. This sounds bad to me. <laughs> I, you know, I try yeah. not to go by expectations, but people really expected this number to be much better. Yeah, it is kind of bad. The last number we had for GDP was 3% growth, and This number is kind of another disappointment. Like, remember the last jobs report? The last job numbers were barely enough to keep up with population growth. And this GDP number, it's kind of like that. Like, growth is good. It's growth. But it's not fast enough growth to make up for all that we lost in the recession. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. And on to the food trucks. Okay, so Robert, I'm just going to hand the show over to you now because you've been hanging out with food truck vendors for the last couple days. And I grew up here in New York City. I live here now. I love food trucks. I feel very passionately about them. So I'm excited to hear this. So just take me to the streets. Well, as you know, Zoe, here in New York City, there's always been more people who want to sell something than there is good, affordable real estate available in which to sell it. So from the beginning of the city, there would be people who would set up carts on the sidewalks and in the streets, uh, whether it be food or, or, or merchandise or some other product. In fact, the founder of Goldman Sachs, Marcus Goldman, he started as a peddler in a street cart in the 1800s. This is what it sounds like today. This is so tight and cozy. <laughs> Do I have to close this? Yes, please. We don't have a button like a minivan, unfortunately. I am inside an old postal service truck. It's painted red, it's plastered with Chinese characters and graphics that look like they're out of Mao Zedong's propaganda department. This is the rickshaw dumpling truck. And I've come all the way out here to outer Brooklyn this morning to find it. This is where it sleeps, in a parking lot out here. And all around us in the parking lot are our food truck competition. Falafel trucks, taco trucks, slushy trucks. All these other trucks are doing what we're doing, fueling up, packing in supplies, and getting ready for the race. The race to get our food truck into Manhattan, to beat all those other food trucks, and find the thing that determines whether we will make money today. A perfect parking spot. Looking for parking in Manhattan here is like a total logic game. It's like a puzzle. And I love puzzles. So it's always kind of fun for me to think about through the day. This is Kenny Lowe who's navigating today. He's the co-owner of Rickshaw Dumplings. He's got four of these trucks. And today, we're headed into Manhattan. We rocket across Brooklyn, onto the Williamsburg Bridge, and there we face a choice. Do we turn right? Do we go up to Midtown Manhattan, where all the skyscrapers and the high-rises are, and all the office workers? It's very tempting, because there, there might be the ideal parking spot. I think that there is that mystical spot in Midtown that every truck owner dreams of that is 
easy parking. It's a wide sidewalk. It, they have no restaurants, but there's lots of offices, and there's a couple of those. So you can drive around for hours looking for the perfect spot in midtown Manhattan. The problem is all the other food trucks are doing exactly the same thing. And what Kenny's looking for, it's not that obvious. I mean, clearly he wants people, but he wants an easy place to park too. So he's not going to go all the way out to the west side by the river where there's lots of parking because there's not enough people. But if he goes to the place where there's people, well, that alone might not be right. When you are looking for spots, you're looking for a density of people, but you're also looking for a density of the right people. If you go to Penn Station and you park there, you're going to be super duper psyched because there's all these people if you see them at 8.30 in the morning walking, but their habits are they're not going to stop for food there because they're just trucking by going to their offices for the day, right? So that's deceptive. And so one of the things I do when I'm developing spots is I bike around the city and I keep a little notepad with me. And I write down locations of spots that I think are great. So I sit there and I, what I call, live the spot. And I sit there and I watch. And I see if there are trucks and cars moving out of these spots, if people are coming back and refeeding the muni meters, if there are a lot of people walking by, if there are offices or if it's apartment buildings. Kenny, with his little notebook, he's like a field biologist studying the feeding habits of that strange population known as New Yorkers. He knows everything about them. He knows what side of the street they want to be on. He knows what they crave. He knows which neighborhoods have the most adventurous eaters. I love parking on sunny sides, so if I know that the sun's going to click over and be sunny right at noon in a certain area, I know that that's going to be really, really awesome versus the shady side of the street in great weather. I love the wide sidewalk like the double-width sidewalk because it doesn't feel as congested when our truck parks there. We're not right on top of them. As a store owner, it would super bum me out, you know, if a truck parked right in front of my restaurant. The difference between a great spot and a mediocre spot is huge. Get a great spot and you can make thousands of dollars a day. You get a mediocre spot and you might as well go home early. But even if you find the perfect spot, even if you find the neighborhood you want, sometimes people in the neighborhood, they don't want you. We've gone to spots before where, like, the uh, the falafel guys and the shish kebab guys will come up and they're like, what's your menu? Do you sell chicken? And I was like, it's a chicken and Thai basil dumpling with Bell and Evans chicken, fresh Thai basil. And they're like, you can't sell chicken on this block. You know, it's like that, where they try to have a monopoly. They feel like they own the chicken. Yeah, they own the chicken on that block. I'm the chicken guy on 52nd Street. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I got to tell you, sometimes these confrontations get ugly. Every couple of months or so, I'll pick up the New York Post or read a food blog, and there's some giant fist fight between a chicken-on-the-stick guy and a taco vendor, like, actually coming to blows, wailing on each other on the sidewalks of New York. And you kind of understand where they're coming from because there is so much money on the line here. There are so many obstacles in their way. Limited space, too many people, crazy competitors. And you add to this whole thing, you add to this obstacle course for the food truck, New York City government. Kenny's partner in Rickshaw Dumplings is David Weber. He just wrote the Food Truck Handbook, so he knows all about this stuff. And he explained to me all the ways that the government makes this race for a good spot more difficult. So the first thing we need to check is, is this a restricted street? So you need to be uh, at least 20 feet away from the subway, uh, 25 feet away from a curb. Uh, so, so, so people are crossing in front of you, you can't sort of block the crosswalk? In addition, you can't be within 20 feet of the public entrance to any building. And uh, if now I can't park, park in front of this restaurant right here, 
Um, yeah, 20 feet would be the requirement, 20 feet from the entrance to that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if there's a school, you, there's like a school regulation too. Absolutely. So there's a school regulation with uh, an extremely large distance associated with it. I believe it's 200 feet from a school. And uh, the principle for that is... Ice cream trucks. Ice cream trucks. Yeah, otherwise you just park right in front of the school and right. you would just make a bundle. Right, And right. parents would hate you. Yeah. So with all the restaurants and the building entrances and the crosswalks and the subways and even the schools in Midtown... It's already very difficult to find a spot, but it gets worse. Recently, New York City started to selectively enforce an old law on the books that outlaws vending of merchandise from a metered spot. That's a spot where you have to feed the meter in order to stand there, and that's basically everywhere in Manhattan. Strictly speaking, following all the regulatory uh, constraints that are currently enforced at this moment, there really is not any place for a food truck to park. Which is crazy, right? The city of New York gives out 3,000 year-round permits for food trucks. But it has such a mess of laws that to use that permit on a truck functionally means wherever you go, you are breaking the law. A parking spot is so rare, so precious, that it's actually surprising that there aren't more fights over them. The reason there aren't more fights? The food vendors of New York have developed their own sort of informal code of conduct sort of like honor among food truck operators. There's a whole list of things you just don't do. So if someone's been in the same spot for 10 years, you don't get there earlier and take his spot. If you have a taco truck, you don't roll up on another taco truck and try and take his customers away. Also, carts, those are the smaller vendors who park on the sidewalk, the hot dog guys, the nuts guys, they always win. Because when it comes down to it, in a cart versus a truck battle, when you're gunning for geography to vend... A cart's going to win because a cart can put its cart physically in front of the vending window of the truck. Um, and it's just not, it's not tenable. By the fine time you find another spot nearby, they can just push their cart right in front of your truck again. It's especially impressive that there is such a relative level of peace on the streets because lately there's been this sort of radical shift in food truck culture in New York City. There's all these trucks on the streets that you never saw before. The dumpling trucks, the Korean barbecue, the Korean tacos, waffles with bacon baked right in, crepes, of course, cupcakes up the wazoo. In the old days, all you could get on the streets was pretzels, soda, and hot dogs. If everyone has a hot dog cart, you kind of want to stay spread out. You don't necessarily want to vend next to another hot dog cart. You're going to make more money by being a block away. So in the past 20, 30 years... There has been a sort of equilibrium that's developed where all the hot dog vendors have sort of settled out and found a little nook for themselves. And what's new, what's happening right now with the differentiated food, this sort of stable equilibrium that's been developed has sort of gone into flux. And uh, there's competition now for these best spots. And there isn't a good mechanism to really regulate who should be where, when. One more reason that there isn't more conflict. The old guys, the old guard, some of them recognize that the new guys aren't really a threat. My name is Alim Rafiki, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not afraid of them. For those of you who have never been to New York City, let me tell you, the Rafiki name is legendary among street food aficionados. He and his brothers run, it's got to be more than a dozen carts selling halal street meat. And Rafiki says, you know, these new street trucks, they've classed up the neighborhood. It's like they brought good name to the street food. I remember because I started this like almost 16 years ago. And, and that time, a lot of people, they were not comfortable buying from the street food. 
because if you remember during Giuliani time, he cracked down on a lot of these push cars, and one of the top reasons were they were not clean enough. So if you see the truck people, they really upgraded the street food. They're very well designed, well organized. And if you ask them, all of these people are professional too. They are attracting the people from the restaurant. These people, they know how to run business. Where we used to have a people in the push cart, they didn't know nothing about the food. They would just put some chicken and rice and bring it to the street and the people would get sick. And because of them, people would be reluctant to buy from the other push cart. Even if you clean, they'll be a little scared like, oh, I might get sick. So they, they, they brought a good uh, reputation to the street food. Okay, what's going on with the yeah. parking here? Back in the truck, it's 10 a.m., and we've found it. So we're coming on to Houston and Hudson and Houston. There's already two trucks here today. We found the spot we've been looking for, and it's, it's everything Kenny has been dreaming of. He got his sunny side of the street, he got his wide sidewalks, and he even got things that are frankly invisible to my eyes. He points out kitty corner, you can barely see it, a construction site across the street. And he says this construction site will actually funnel customers to his side of the street and right to his food cart window. Great. Let's, um, why don't you hop out? There is one problem with the spot. There's a fire hydrant. But, you know, technically, it's illegal wherever you park in New York City. So he goes for it. A ticket is a small price to pay for perfection. As always, let us know what you thought of today's show. Send us an email, planetmoney at npr.org. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And there's one other thing. Robert, explain, explain what's on the block. Oh, we have a great slideshow showing you the way to find a perfect spot for your food truck. It can save you a lot of time and effort. That's at npr.org slash money. And our own Alex Bloomberg has a piece on This American Life this weekend. So check that out. I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Robert Smith. Thanks for listening.